One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This is Internet Marketing. Brought to you by Site Visibility at sitevisibility.com. This is Internet Marketing, and it's a very, very special show today. It is the 10-year anniversary of Internet Marketing, and we have some special guests with us. We have Mr. Kelvin Newman. Hello. I was going to say good morning, but hello. That works. He's speaking very quietly. I will turn his knob Okay, I'll, I'll speak a bit louder. That's a bit better. <laughs> and specially flown in from a faraway land, they arrived this morning by Chinook helicopter, Mr. Daniel Rolls. Hello, everybody. Good to hear you. And Mr. Kieran. I've never heard my car called that, but yeah, hello. <laughs> Kieran, remind me what your surname is. Uh, Rogers. That's it, Rogers. Yeah. I never had a vowel in it. Yeah, so... <laughs> <laughs> and we've also got Jason with us. Jason, you're going to say hello. He, he said he wanted to be quiet, but Jason Woodford. Hey, nice to meet you again then, Andy. Again. But you make it sound like one again long then, time. then, shall we? <laughs> no, that's fine. Leave it in. So uh, I thought we'd have a special little round table today, or we all thought, it's not just, this wasn't my idea, it was everyone's idea. We thought we'd have a, a, a round table today um, just discussing things from the past. And uh, let's talk a little bit about the history of the show and, uh, and its presenters. And I'm, I think the first question for me is, Dan and Kelvin, you are sort of like uh, presenters that I used to work with. What have you both been up to? Let's start with Dan, because I think you left the longest ago, didn't you? Yes, yeah, so we started this 10 long years ago, and then I left Site Visibility, I think, about six years ago, it must have been. So uh, since then, I went off and started Target Internet, and um, we now do lots of digital marketing, e-learning and training and consulting for lots of big brands around the world. So I've been flying around doing lots of exciting things and writing books and so on. But uh, we started the digital marketing podcast at that stage as well. So it's interesting to see the journey between the two um, and how both podcasts have done so well. And it's, it's, it's great to see. I think the Internet Marketing Podcast is now on over 2 million downloads. So it's incredible. So um, it's really been a fantastic journey. So it's nice to be back and see everyone. It's quite amazing, actually, that 10 years have passed. It's incredible. It is, and you're looking good, Dan. I mean, since the plastic surgery, you do look a lot better than uh, than you did before. That, that, that product placement for podcast Botox. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, I don't know why they ran that campaign, but you know, it's done us all well. Exactly. So, Kel, um, not, not, uh, yes, Kelvin. In yeah, fact, that's Kelvin, my name. Yeah, opposite that's me, and wearing his special cap. If only you could see this. We all think we we know what you've been up to. But I, I've just, mainly just, been avoiding doing any work. Just as tell much us as what. Yeah, what have you been doing? Um, well, I've, I've mainly been pining for Andy. Um, I listen to the podcast when he's not around and kind of like pretend we're in a small room together um and no no so yeah mostly i still 
dip in and out every now and then, but I've mostly organising the Brighton SEO conference, which we talk about on the podcast really frequently. So, yeah, that's got this interesting story. Kind of um, started about five years ago. So, yeah, we've been doing that. It started as a few people meeting in an upstairs room of a pub. There was room for 20 people and 30 people showed up. So we moved to a bigger venue, moved to a bigger venue. Um, the most recent one we did in April, um, 1,700 people came from all over the world. Tickets sold out in 60 seconds. Um, and, yeah, it was bonkers, really. And we're now moving to a new, bigger venue. We're going to be 3,500 people in the Brighton Centre. Um, when we were last there, Dancing and Ice had cleared out and Little Mix were on. So that's kind of the <laughs> level of excitement that um, is now going on in the world of SEO and internet marketing that we're following in the footsteps of X Factor winners um, and programming lots of people to go talk about interesting internet stuff. And it will be the biggest SEO conference in the world, is that right? Yeah, yeah, we think so, yeah. I mean, it's certainly been the biggest in Europe for a few years. It depends how you define um, SEO conferences. Um, but yeah, we, we reckon so. Um, and yeah, it's. I mean, it's all just about... And it's the same with the podcast. And I think that's, you know, one of the great things about digital and internet marketing is that there is this tendency, this um, kind of habit that people have of sharing their experience, sharing their knowledge. And they benefit from that. But, you know, that's similar kind of intention of what we're doing, that if you can help people learn, help them do their job a bit better, everyone's going to be happy. It takes me back to actually at the beginning of the podcast. One of the things that we were doing very much with site visibility was trying to share everything that we were doing. And I remember there was a concern with the chairman at the at the time because the chairman was a bit concerned that we were just giving away everything that we knew, and it was mm. it was quite an interesting thing because I guess this was pretty early days of content marketing that we'd look at it really, and actually we just said what the process was, what we were doing, how we did it, and it worked really really well because it it built trust really effectively. And one of the th- interesting things I think about podcasts is still now twofold. One, you've got different media time. You've got people's time when they're when they're travelling and they're kind of listening in a different way. But also, they're listening to a voice, so it's a very personal connection. And over a period of time, you do build trust with those people. And it amazes me now still how we go and speak to someone. They say, I recognise your voice from whatever the podcast was. Mm-hmm. And there's, the trust is already there to some extent as well. So I think that whole just sharing what you know has been really effective across all of the activities we've all been doing over the years. But I think very much as well, the podcast has that particular element of listening to someone's voice, building up a bit of a relationship on a personal level. And then when you come to deal with someone, um, the trust is already fairly implicit. So it makes whole things an awful lot easier mm. from the outset. Yeah. Has anyone ever had that, uh, that, that classic chestnut where you, you kind of go out uh, to, to some event, you start talking to someone. Excuse me a minute. <coughs> you don't cough, but you start talking to someone and they say, I feel like I know you. Yeah, I it's like like you were saying that the, the, the I get you a lot fatter in real life, but you know, <laughs> uh, well, no, yeah. I mean, I think that, that, that there is that. It's the, it's the same with radio, isn't it? Like you'll see, you know, you listen to a radio station, you might know the presenter, but like there'll be the news person or the the second, you know, backup co-presenter who perhaps isn't quite as you know, you know, known in terms of their image, and they look completely different to how how they do. But you feel like you know them in quite a personal way. But I think a big part of and this is a lesson for kind of any type of um, digital marketing, and particularly content marketing, is that, you know, sometimes people would ask me, well, you know, why, you know, why has the podcast been successful? And I'd say, well, pretty much every digital marketing agency um, that I know has a blog, like all of them. Mm. You know, it's very rare for them to decide not to. They all have a Twitter account. But relatively few have a podcast, and therefore you're kind of competing where there's less competition because they're a little bit more of a barrier to entry. And I think anything that you can do that kind of jumps over a little bit of a barrier to entry, um, you know, starts you in a stronger position. You've still got to try your best and, you know, do things that respond to an audience. But you've got, uh, you know, it's a stronger starting point because you're competing, you know. 
classic big fish in a smaller pond kind of thing. Yeah, I think it's interesting because when the the internet marketing podcast started, it was very early on. I mean, it's 10 years ago and podcast, mm. I mean, they've been around for a while, but it wasn't a particularly big thing at the time. And I think we did it for quite a long time before we were really seeing any impact. I remember Jason being concerned about it. We were because we were going, what are we getting from this? And we were having a debate about it. And I was like, I've got absolutely no idea, really, in reality, what we are getting from it. But it, it built and built and built. And it snowballed, I think, at that point as well. Mm. And um, luckily, Jason had the trust us to keep going with it. And we, we, we suddenly jumped up into the kind of top charts in iTunes. And we could see, well, this is obviously having an impact. Mm. And I think you're right, because every podcast I've been involved in, it takes a bit of a long burn to get it going in the first place. And you spend the first six, eight, ten months with reasonable levels of traction. And then it begins to snowball over a period of time. Mm mainly i guess because the way the itunes and other charts works that it's about volume of downloads recency of downloads number of reviews and the quality of those reviews so you've got to build that up and you you kind of get your listenership building up but it's it's definitely something that does build up but as you said there's a barrier to entry mm. and if you look at content marketing overall at the moment the biggest problem with content marketing is there's just too much content mm. and there's too many blogs that don't really mean anything that aren't adding any insights or anything else so the reality that you've got to get together in somewhere you can record decent mm. audio quality. We're all sitting in a studio together today. There, there, there's a lot more effort that goes into it, I guess, and that does reduce the amount of people that are doing it. And you're, you're, you've got to power through that dip as well because I think that like in a lot of content marketing efforts that, that people make is that they start out um, and they might do one or two good things and perhaps don't see a return immediately, um, but then don't kick on, right? And don't, mm. you know, you know, if, you know, I think we, you know, we might share a few of the older clips from the original shows and, you know, you know, first few I were involved in, I was rubbish. I think I'm a little bit better now, hopefully. But you kind of you you have to plough through that, right? Don't you? And you have to get through that stage of kind of learning and there being no listeners, there being no readers of your blog, there being no viewers of your YouTube channel. And the problem is, I think a lot of people give up just a bit too early. You know, it's that kind of perseverance that you know you're really excited about an idea and then your you know motivation drops and you've kind of got to go through that and get out the other side. You can reflect this into the startup world completely, though, and it's a kind of different thing in the startup world because of funding. So I think what happens is that you start with an idea, you're really passionate about it, you start the thing moving forwards, and it just doesn't get traction when you expect it to. So unless you've got income from other sources, you're not going to be able to fund it. And the problem with a lot of startups is they've got runway money, so they've got money to go on for a particular period of time, and if you don't hit it straight off, you, you suddenly there is no, there's nothing left there at all. Whereas with the podcast, because you have other business coming in, you can kind of tick things over. Mm. You can build it up over a period of time. And I yeah. think we found that. So with, with Target Internet, we were we were doing purely kind of business to business sales, and that was going very very well. And we thought, well, we'll we'll, we'll launch this direct to consumer thing or direct to individual business people thing, where you could go and put a credit card in. We got ready. We put we put mammoth amounts of effort into it. Spent a lot of money on it. Launched it. And it just, nothing really happened, first of all. So at that stage, we then started to iterate. And actually now it's phenomenally successful, but it, it, it didn't happen as we would expect it to happen. And it probably took another six to eight months after we thought it would happen for it to really occur. So I think one of the key things is if you're going to do, whether it's a podcast or a startup or anything in particular, it will take longer than you expect. And whatever your best laid plans are, it will always take longer. And therefore, you need to try and build in a way of doing that. And actually, that's why I'm such a big fan of bootstrapping and building from cash flow, because then you're not, you know, there's not the same pressure on you as if you've got funding in to do those kind of things. But that's a, a slightly different. Yes, the, the gradual ramp effect rather than the big explosion yeah. at the front type effect. So I'm looking at you now, Kelvin, because I'm, I'm just wondering, uh, I think I know what you're going to say. Go, looking back over the Internet Marketing Podcast, mm-hmm. what was your favourite show? 
Um, I mean, I've I've enjoyed a few over the years. I mean, I, we went for a big stage of really, um, you know, going for the interviews, um, and you know, it's interesting to see different podcasts and how they handle this kind of balance between interviews, solo shows, roundtable discussions, you know, all kinds of different formats. And I, I particularly enjoyed, um, you know, the interview process and going out to people and asking them what they what they think about digital marketing. There's a few that really stand out. There are a couple that we did. I think we almost were like back to back where we had. You know, probably two of my favourite interviews that that we've ever done. So, you know, the two highlights that stand out to me were Tim Ferriss, mm. um, who's now gone on to do a huge amount of podcasting, and you know, pretty much owns that kind of you know um, business category now in iTunes. And also Seth Godin. Um, the first of those is an amusing story around that. Um, the but, McDonald's. Uh, well, yeah, the McDonald's, McDonald's one. Yeah. So yeah, it's a. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I can't. You know, like when. You've got like a memory, but you're kind of like, I'm going to tell a version of the story, and I'm pretty sure there's elements of this that aren't true. Mm. But let's roll with that. That's never, that's never prevented me telling a story in the past. Um, so, yeah, we'd arranged, Seth Godin had a book coming out. I can't remember which one it was. Um, Lynchpin, um, I think probably would it have was been. It was Lynchpin. Yeah. yeah. Um, and we'd arranged to have the interview, and there'd been a classic train mix up at Victoria Station. Any of you who are kind of local to um, the Brighton or South Coast who go through Victoria, particularly at the moment, will be feeling that love of the trains not working there. Oh. So I'd got stranded and had this call to, you know, decision to make do I try and run back to the Brighton um, office and potentially miss the call, or do I stay put somewhere? in Victoria so mm. I went okay well where's got Wi-Fi um, well McDonald's every McDonald's has Wi-Fi um, so then conducting <laughs> what could um, possibly uh, go yeah, wrong what could possibly go wrong <laughs> yes. so then you know a New York Times best selling author uh, me in a McDonald's uh, with a you know kind of built in laptop microphone trying to interview um, one of these people and of course the Wi-Fi then dropped out but bless Seth he was very very good and then we were able to rearrange that interview and do it again later but I think that's you know in terms of the, that, you know, that was an episode that I particularly enjoyed, also the Tim Ferriss one. But it's just kind of amazed me how giving people are with their time and how keen they are to share that experience. And that's kind of, you know, been, you know, hugely gratifying to see these people, all of them, you know, every person that we've ever interviewed put up their time and kind of share their view of, you know, what digital's about and what people can do to, to be more effective in that. And yeah, it's just, you know, never continues to amaze me um, how knowledgeable so many people are and how, you know, you can ask them and they say yes. I think it, two things to reflect on with that as well. People are very generous with their time, but I also think there is a big risk at the moment with content marketing because everyone's doing content marketing but because the fact so many SEO SEOs dubious SEOs have potentially got on the back of this well and are sending out so many requests for can we have an interview can we do a blog post and all the kind of outreach stuff they're doing in a really low quality way it makes people more dubious of these kind of things mm. as well so I think the whole quality of the request makes a big difference as well in mm. terms of saying really respect you for X, Y and Z to show you've done your research. This is what specifically we'd like to talk about. This is why we're not talking about. This is the benefit to you. And actually putting some time and effort into it as mm. well. And I think you're absolutely right. If you do that effectively, it does make a huge impact. Now, continuing on the stories of huge professionalism, like being a McDonald's and Wi-Fi cutting out, I remember um, Kieran and I recording one. And I said to Kieran, right, I'm going to come over to the Isle of Wight. And uh, we're going to do a recording. Did you have to take your passport? I, I didn't, but it was quite an adventurous journey because we ended up in... It was quite near Christmas, if I'm not mistaken. It was the day after Boxing Day. All right, there you yeah. go. 
And, um, we're working. Yeah, we, yeah we're well, relentless. You know, we have to squeeze it in when, we, when, we, when Dan's available. <laughs> yeah, this is Dan Rouse. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, so we ended up in this in the in a meeting room, and it was a perfectly fine meeting room, but it was at the back of a coffee shop. I seem to remember as well. It was upstairs in Love Coffee in Newport. Right there you go, and it was probably about minus two in the room. I seem to remember as well. The, the thing was, they had a heater. We couldn't put it on. It was too noisy, so we so, just froze. And then the room the challenges. You know, was, was incredibly and epically echoey in this room as well so what <laughs> it was, think of an echoey room and put some echo on, <laughs> on the echo of the room come close to it was quite was. incredible so then we decided the best way of recording if we got both of our coats and we put them over our heads and we had we made a little tent and we recorded from within this tent and it sounded quite nice that, in the norm, end. that normally works but yeah. i was i was sure it would be rustly well no we were sat very still <laughs> okay. as well so Depends imagine on the coat. minus two room out the back of a coffee shop on the isle of Wight with a coat over your head recording two inches from kieran and daniel's faces yeah. you get the some of the professional I'm point. so glad no one came in <laughs> yeah. it was a private room not, exactly. uh, yeah, that would look just, it looked wrong but, but the sound quality was there again so I think you know, this, this barrier needs to entry must, yeah. that, that was a big barrier to entry needs must exactly that so, um, so along the way we've learned I mean when we did the first podcast I remember with Andy we used to do them live from kind of cafes around Brighton in, yeah. the, in the south of the UK we did and um, I think listening back now, it it seems quite insane, but actually, it did add an element of texture to the whole thing, and it did add some character to it as well. I miss the seagulls. I used to the amount to of people that comment on them as yeah, well is quite that was the, that was the signature of the podcast. But you two, can you remember the the initial record, the inaugural recording of Target Internet podcast? How did that go? So if I remember rightly, you were there, Andy. And oh, that was when we were in the loft. Yeah, so we yeah. we went up into a, a hotel on again in Brighton in the UK on the seafront, and we had a beautiful sea view. And uh, we recorded a few episodes up there just to kind of kick things off. There was an amazing pod coffee machine. Like, coming from the Isle of I'd never seen one of those before. <laughs> I, I did not have like coffee I'd in the Isle of Wight. <laughs> they had coffee, but a machine yeah. with pods? This was, yeah. this was out yeah. there. Just, just, for, just for our overseas listeners, the Isle of Wight is, is a bit like the lost world. It sort of hangs <laughs> off the bottom coast of the UK, and there are T-Rexes oh, there and Brontosaurus and Plesiosaurus there. there. I should apologise to all our listeners in the Isle of Wight currently <laughs> we, as well for this out- outrage. They, they have the internet. Xenophobia or kind of... Uh, races, we, which have we like to define it as. We actually do now. <laughs> we actually do. So um, let's uh, actually let's have a quick break. Uh, we'll be back in, in uh, probably less than one minute. Right, we're back. Um, so been talking about podcasts mainly, haven't we? I was just wondering, actually, one thing when we were talking earlier about uh, getting started. Do you think it's harder to start a podcast now than it was back in two thousand and six? I would say definitely, because the fact is that the competition level has gone up. So in the last couple of years, we'd have. Things like Serial have started, which have kind of taken podcasts down to the kind of more popular level. You've got more consumers listening in. You've got people like Tim Ferriss getting involved, who's done amazing interviews and amazing content. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. 
Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I think that's great because it's up the bar. And I think... You know, I don't think you'd get away with the seagulls and the recording under jumpers anymore kind of thing <laughs> because the bar has been raised, and that's as it should be for any kind of form or any media. It should improve over a period of time. So I think it is harder to get into. However, I would still say if there is a niche topic and you can educate or entertain someone on that, that, that niche topic, there is still a huge opportunity. But it's also about keeping things regular as well and just keeping on chipping away. And I've seen a number launch recently that have still done really well just because no one was in the same space. Hmm. Although, having said that, I do think there is kind of, though there might well be more competition and certainly there's a greater sophistication and things like video podcasts or YouTube channels are doing you know infinitely well at the moment in terms of how well they're doing. I do think there is some real advantages that make it easier to start now than ever it which is mainly around equipment and, you know, platforms and technology and the tutorials that go with that. You know, I know, you know, even a few years ago when we kind of were doing those interviews, you know, there were relatively few options out there if you wanted to record a Skype call, you know. Mm. Uh, and now there's dozens of pieces of software that will do that for you. There's tutorials with people showing you how to mm. do that. There's great USB microphones that cost fractions of what they would have done in the past. Mm. You know, there's things even like, you know, Audition being on a monthly subscription and stuff yeah. now that make, you know, all of those things there. Garage band being free, you know, there's a lot that you can do to get started now and prove that concept there that would work quite well. But I do wonder, um, I think the inclination might well be that, you know, a lot of people who have that idea for a piece of content that perhaps might have, you know, a few years ago it would have been a blog, uh, maybe it would have been a podcast. I think they're jumping straight to video now because that really has the barrier of entry there has really dropped down from it's, that. It's a really interesting one because quite often we've been asked, why don't you do video podcast more? Why don't you do vodcast, whatever it may be? And actually, we do have a YouTube channel, but we treat it as a very se- separate medium because what we realised when we were talking to our listeners is that actually they, they use it as a very different media time. They're not sitting in front of their computers and watching. What they're doing is they're using it when they're travelling. Mm. So they're on the train, they're on the bus, they're driving, whatever, and they've got the audio playing in the background. So they don't want video. So actually, it's a, you're getting different media time, which is massively powerful. So we very consciously decoupled the video from the audio side yeah. of things. And we might cover similar topics, hmm. but it was, it was over, I think, 85%. When we asked on our LinkedIn group, and we've, we've got probably a couple of thousand of our listeners on there, and asked them, of all the people who came out, over 80% of them were saying, I listen when I'm travelling. So, yeah. And I think it's that learning while you're doing something else. And the, the angle we've taken very much is digital is changing so rapidly. You need to keep yourself up to date and you need to do that in a way that works with your kind of practical day-to-day life. And that seems to well with making best use of your commute time as well. So I think actually not doing video as part of the podcast has been quite powerful because it's meant that people have used it in a different way. Yeah, it's the consumption model, isn't it? So just trying to uh, get away a little bit from podcasting and be a bit more general... I'm just interested. How do we know we've got this fantastic opportunity? We've got some of the the best experts in the world in one room together. Have we? Uh, <laughs> Next door, are they? So they're, they're, they're when are you bringing them out? <laughs> I'm just wondering. I'm, I'm not including me in that list, by the way. I'm just wondering how the landscape has changed over the last ten years. And Jason, I'm kind of looking at you. How do you see that the web slash internet marketing landscape has changed over the last ten years? And where do you think it's going? 
Well, I think the thanks, Andy. I think the um, the biggest change is probably the iPhone coming out in terms of uh, you know how that's you know made it made it easier to 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 listen to and, and work with podcasts, but uh, also you know the way that you use your your phone to to manage your life and it's become central to everything that we do. And uh, you know, from that sort of change in user behaviour, it's um, opened up all sorts of opportunities for marketers to reach consumers in different ways. Yeah. So I think a whole load of things come out of the iPhone. This is to do with that um, sort of mobile devices. I mean, mobile has been huge. Hasn't it's just it? blown my mind actually because I was just thinking about ten years ago where we were with mobile devices actually, and it's it is mind-boggling how quickly we've moved forward in the last ten years. I, well, so for example, I started listening to your podcast ten years ago. Do you know it actually got me into digital marketing? At the time, I was obsessed with print, and that was my job. And the bottom dropped out of that market, and it was actually listening to your podcast, Jason, um, that that got me into this. And at the time, I was downloading the episodes, burning them to CD so I could play them in my car. Right. And you, you wouldn't dream of doing that. I bought my first iPod to listen to your podcast because right. it was easier than, than burning CDs. I kept on running out of them. Yeah. Um, but actually, who has an iPod now? You just use your phone. And, and actually, the phones are so much more connected, so you just hook it up to the Bluetooth connection and you can play it it's become so much easier to consume yeah. on the go now but that's a perfect example isn't it because if you, if you look at example uh, if you want to listen to a podcast in your car I was like you I didn't quite get to the burning a CD stage but I was at the sort of like uh, I had like this weird contraption that made that plugged into your iPod and then the other, the other end of it was like a fake cassette tape and I would put that into the car <laughs> and the car would think oh, I'm, I'm playing a cassette but of course it wasn't it was playing this fake cassette tape that was just putting the signal I'm pretty sure there are people the, listening going I'm not really sure what a cassette tape is I'm not really sure I'd know to burn a CD because my computer hasn't got a CD burner in it so I don't know so it's, and, it, and that's the thing these are just really retro cool things we were ahead of our time we're all really old but, but, but in reality though Andy that, that, that's how it all started yeah do you remember it was back in sort of early 2006 and we were coming back from that um, seminar and uh, you kindly gave me a lift back to the office. Yep. And we're in your, uh, in your Volvo and you said, and we tried to put some music on, but the tape deck was broken. Yeah. So you said, hey, well, let's listen to a podcast. <laughs> I think I said to you. Oh, Andy, that old chestnut easy, you know. <laughs> yeah, well, since the like... tape's broken, we'll put a podcast <laughs> yeah. on. It all Did started. I mention, Jason? I've also got a bit of a sideline. <laughs> that, that was obviously the angle. I didn't get it. But I said to Andy, you've got to tell me what the hell a podcast is. Sounds like the digital equivalent. Do you want to come and see my puppies? Yeah. <laughs> Would you me. like to see my etchings? I think is the uh... yeah. It, it, yeah, this whole conversation does remind me of a, a certain song by Hot Chocolate, but we won't go there. Um, yeah. I, so, where is it all going, guys? The future? What's well, the future hold? I, I mean, I think it's certainly fair to say that a lot has changed over ten years. I think it's you know easy to point out lots of examples of things that have changed and you know technology and platforms that just simply weren't there ten years ago, or certainly weren't as common and weren't as you know the uptake wasn't there. But actually, the fundamentals are still kind of quite similar. So, you know, the, the particular tactics we might talk about when doing SEO or doing pay-per-click or doing social media might vary. The fundamentals are still the same. You need an insight to your customers and you need to respond to that insight that you have about the customers and then kind of reflect that. And, you know, the fundamentals are kind of still the same. You know, you can read a book written by, you know, David Ogilvy like 50, 60 years ago and still take a huge amount away from that. And that was long before the internet. Um, and I think the, the good advice, the, the good recommendations, you know, that you would have heard 
10 years ago or five years ago would still have some value now today. I think it's actually even more important to go back to the fundraisers now than it's ever been because you've got such a myriad of channels and opportunities for publishing stuff now. Everyone's got in the buck of content marketing. So everyone's publishing loads of stuff. And actually what we're advising with most of our bigger clients is do less but do it better. So rather than pumping out content the whole time, just thinking a bit more carefully about what you're actually publishing and doing a higher quality. Because what's this, this lack of barrier to entry to most of these markets of blogs and anything else, it's just, just a whole load of rubbish out there. And people are drowning in noise. And so what we really need to do is cut through that as well. And I think the, the cut through and the, that focus have become more important. So the whole personalization thing, et cetera, et cetera, is really, really big. People are still people. Yeah. And there mm-hmm. are still universal truths on how they behave. And I think that's what you, you have to do to navigate the landscape. When, when all these new things come out, you know, you have to ask yourself, how useful are they? How, how much easier do they make life? And is this relevant to the audience that I'm trying to, to, to meet? And I think, you know, one of the key things is audiences are becoming well, they have the ability to be far more choosy and be far more specialised. And that's such a great opportunity. It doesn't mean that you have to go out and get you know, national coverage on TV any, anymore. You can be far more niche and serve your audience really well and grow you know, their love of, of what you do just by specialising. And the platforms and the mediums, they change and they shift and they will change and shift and how people consume stuff will change and shift. But it's, you know, at the end of the day, people are still people. I'm very interested in in Dan. You mentioned content very marketing. Very interested in Dan. No, well, I'm always very interested in Dan. Not we all. I mean, come on. I'm also very interested in you, Tom. <laughs> yeah, and you, Jason. Who more though? That's <laughs> and you as well. Who's your favourite child? That's what we want to know. <laughs> But what I was going to say was, I'm, I'm quite interested in specifically content marketing, and I'm kind of wondering where it's going. You mentioned that there's a lot of, um, Dan, you mentioned there's a lot of sort of slightly rubbish yeah, content absolutely. out there. Do you think there's going to be a kickback? Do you think people, I mean, I hear stories of people coming off Facebook and, and rejecting the internet and, and going back to reading paper books. Okay, they mainly brighten people who are sort of hipsters and think they have jellyfish skin wallets and stuff like that. But um, do you think that's, that think we could really see a, a sort of a kickback to the net? I think it's already happening. There's, there's so much noise that we are becoming increasingly effective at filtering noise. But it, you, you only have to look at... Um, something like the the newspapers that have gone paywall. So if you look at the New York Times or you look at uh, loads of others, they have quality journalism and people are still willing to pay for it, even though you could get unlimited amounts of free news elsewhere. We we don't go to websites for news really anymore. If you want free news, you'll go to the BBC or somewhere else. And But what we want is opinion and we want insights and we want well-informed opinions and insights and in-depth journalism and actually, there's still a huge demand for that. And if you keep pumping out 200-word blog posts, if they're useful, that's fine. They can still work. But actually, long-form content has definitely made a bit more of a comeback anyway. Just to add to that, I've been thinking very long and hard about this recently. And it's come to my attention that there's a, there's a new kid on the block, really. And he's, he's taken over the world by stealth. Who? The, the new kid, in my opinion, is parasitic media. Oh. So do you, you ever have a dog? You know, you, you take them. You take them for a walk in the summer. What do they get? They get. I'm ticks. fearing. I'm fearing a Kieran analogy. They Come get. Here. They get ticks. <laughs> okay, bear with me. Bear. They get. They get ticks, don't they? And those these things suck on the blood. They feed up until they get fat, and then they they drop off. And actually, when you think about a lot of the media out there, you know, it literally is like that. And I think the balance is it's gone too far in the other direction. The the parasites are sucking up more goodness than than they than they give. And I think also there's been a real trend in in kind of viral social media 
um, platforms, which actually, you know, what content do they actually pump in themselves? They, they, they don't. They feed off of the community's content. And actually, I think there's going to be a bit of a backlash to, to, to this. And the people that will, will win through it, the people are actually adding value rather than just sucking out more value. I'll give you a practical example, actually. If you, if you go to any news website, down the bottom of the page, you'll have the 10 most shocking celebrity moments. Oh, yep. God, those. And you have the thing you have to click through 10 times, and they're just selling advertising on a CPM, cost per milli. So therefore, every time you click, you're making them some money, potentially. But the quality has gone down and down and down and down. And the reality is that, that advertising is of no value whatsoever. It's like a big, dirty, hairy, fat tick. And on that <laughs> terrifying note, I you think heard we it should here first, people. <laughs> at twenty-nine minutes, I think we should start to wrap up. So why don't we go round the table? Okay, it's a very small square table, but let's go round and have some parting thoughts. Perhaps starting. Oh, should we start with Dan? I think that the whole point of focusing on providing value, but it goes down to two things. You understand your target audience. So you build personas and you understand who they are. You therefore understand the stages of the user journey. So you can use any model, something like see, think, do, care is fine. And you understand the right content at the right stage of the journey. And there is no quick win to this. It is a long build. And I would always say, if you're going to think one word for content, think journalistic. Kelvin. Oh, um, he's in a special thinking position. Yeah, Kevin, yeah. I can't sit still. I hopefully, that just, <laughs> I keep moving nearer. He, he does that they a lot. That's why his the, voice keeps going quiet. They and gave loud. me the wheelie chair, which was always um, <laughs> a, a, a bad idea. It's a wheelie good chair. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, in terms of, I suppose my my general advice would be is that you know time goes really really quickly. Um, and, you know, I'm not being kind of excessively profound about that, but, like, you just need to stick with things and give them a bit of time and try them out and just get some consistency. It's so easy. I think a lot of people who are drawn to digital marketing have a kind of magpie-style um, approach to things and always looking for the new shiny thing. And I think the reality is it's only when you stick with things and do them over time when they're fashionable, when they're not fashionable, when you know, you're know you busy, when you're not busy, um, that that's kind of what really delivers the results. And kind of it's that consistency that you know is really really important you know all of these people who you might think of as influencers all of these brands who you think of as successful the reason that they've been successful is because they've stuck with things you know it's not like there's no such thing as an overnight sensation and that's true in like all forms of art all forms of business it's you know it might seem like this company suddenly sprung out of nowhere and on every high street but there was the 10 years before that when you never saw them and i think that's kind of the you know probably one of my lessons is you know dipping in and out of the podcast is i'm always kind of surprised that actually so much of the success is just because you know, you know, we might not get out every single week without fail, but you know, we'll probably do forty out of fifty-two. Mm. And other people who might have done better shows, but kind of only did twenty and then stops. Mm. You know, that's the difference um, between you know success and failure. Is you know ninety. What's there's that quote, isn't it? You know, it's, you know, ninety percent of it's turning up. Yeah. Jason, final thoughts. I'm putting you on the spot here. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I mean, my my final thoughts are really with the with the audience, just to keep on learning and keep on experimenting. Um, you know, the amount of times that it brings huge joy to the site visibility team when uh, someone pops out of the podcast and contacts us and says, look, I've been, I've been listening for five years. I've been learning and trying all your things out. And actually on the side, I've been growing a business. My business has now grown uh, to such an extent that I'm employing people and, and I'd like to talk to you about being our agency. You know, real success stories come out of the podcast. You know, businesses that have grown into, you know, multi-million pound businesses on the back of someone who has an idea, learns about stuff, experiments some of the techniques and tools that we might talk about and applies them in real life. And, you know, I wish you all the best of luck. That was powerful. Kieran, beat that. 
I, do you know what? I can't, and I don't want to, because I owe a huge debt of gratitude to Jason and his team, because you got me into this. And that's, I just want to say thanks. Oh, that's beautiful. Oh, let's have a minute's silence. I, I just, I, that's... They're having a hug now. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite emotional. We have just taken a selfie. Yeah. <laughs> so I would like to say, actually, I'd like to, 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 to make a, a massive big thanks to our listenership. Um, because without them, we wouldn't have a show. I mean, I know I always I, I joke. Know, we probably would still sit in the room and talk to each other. And yeah, I definitely away. like the but same way you voice enough. Yeah. <laughs> I'd still do. But I would like to but say yeah, thank I you. I appreciate them all the same, though. That's very true. We, we, I mean, we could go on for hours, especially with, you know, Kelvin and, and down here. I mean, they're just, they just could talk the hind quarters off an elephant. But, uh, listeners, thanks so much for listening. Uh, the show notes are in the usual place, sitevisibility.com slash podcast. Uh, we're on iTunes and Stitcher. And uh, if you want to do a review, that would be great, because the more reviews we can get, hopefully good ones, then, uh, you know, the more people we can reach, the more people we can help, as Jason was saying. Uh, if you want to connect with me, I'm Dr. Pod on Twitter and LinkedIn and uh, we're looking to answer some questions in an upcoming episode so please uh, send questions and comments to podcast at sitevisibility.com or if you want to leave a recording of your special voice the magic phone number is plus four four one two seven three two five six one five oh and a strange voice which happens to be mine will give you instructions on what to do um, well that's it for today so it's goodbye from me Andy it's goodbye from Mr Dan goodbye it's goodbye from Mr Kelvin goodbye Goodbye from Mr. Jason. Goodbye. And it's goodbye from Mr. <laughs> He's okay. Thanks for getting my name. It is to the next 10 years. <laughs> Kieran, I do apologise. <laughs> I was explaining to Kieran actually earlier how I don't have a hippocampus. That's why I get lost so much. I don't think I have a frontal brain either, but never mind. <laughs> we'll see you next time on the show. Goodbye, everyone, and we'll see you next time. I've re- overuse of the phrase next time. See you then. Absolutely. We're <laughs> <laughs> actually crying. Uh, <laughs> tell you what. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.